Hello and welcome to Talking Events, the industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News. Um, At a time of year where our industry is about to hit the road and set off for the next few months around the UK and around continental Europe as the summer event season ramps up, Today's episode is being recorded back at HQ, back at the home of Event Industry News in our own offices, Um, and we're going to be talking about what's being labelled as the biggest political decision we've got to make for a generation. On June the 23rd, UK voters will go to the polls to decide whether or not they want to stay in or out of the EU. What could that mean for our industry? How will it affect the industry? How will it affect people working within the industry? Will it be good? Will it be bad? Do we just don't know? Let's welcome today's guests and get talking. Uh, Nick Howden joins us on the line today. Nick, welcome back to Talking Events. Hi there. Robin Carlisle from Mobile Promotions. Again, a big welcome back to Talking Events. Thanks for joining us. Uh, It's a pleasure. Good morning. Chaps, all sorts of coverage in the media at the moment um, about Brexit, um, what it could mean uh, for us uh, as individuals, as general consumers um, and as voters. But when we're looking specifically at the event industry, inevitably, it will have an impact. But let's start by saying, how does it affect people as we stand at the moment? Robin, I know a lot of your work is done out on the road um, and work it, uh, and you've got a lot of experience working in Europe. How does it affect you at the moment by being in the EU? It's made life from way back when um, we were not in the EU and senior enough to remember those days it's made life so much easier so much easier uh, being able to travel cross-border without things called ata carnets which are very unwieldy pieces of documentation that uh, listed every nut and bolt that you carried in a truck or trucks to and from events um, for us who have our own logistics business in addition to our event management skills um, you know it was uh, to use that well-worn word it was a nightmare very often and um, hold-ups at borders while uh, customs guys were sort of stamping pieces of paper willy-nilly was was um, you know was was really was the the traditional nightmare and in fact uh, I can remember getting caught between borders with a couple of colleagues on a, on a, on a truck um, and we, we just lost a couple of days whilst somebody was waiting to stamp the right piece of paper um, so you know I I, I uh, just sort of bring that up to date. As far as I'm concerned, I have been one of those that's been in doubt over the coming um, vote on in or out. But uh, I think um, I'm now, from what I've read and what I've considered, 100% uh, we have to stay in. Uh, there are other reasons which we'll, we'll come to, I'm sure. But 100%, we need to be able to get across Europe with ease um, and as part of it. Uh, Nick, um, I, I think Robin there speaking uh, as, as a company um, uh, professionally that, that does an awful lot of work in Europe. Um, does the whole of the UK events industry have to focus on what it could mean for them in Europe? Or is it only a small minority of the actual suppliers and the people that work in the event industry in the UK that are actually affected by whether or not they can get around Europe um, easily? I think there's, uh, you know, as Robin alluded to, there's more to it than that, obviously. But if you'll, uh, there'll be some people who have, uh, you know, a lot of work in Europe and will just be, as much as anything else, a real pain just trying to, you can imagine, can't you, the uh, the way people are. If you, if you decide to come out, more little barriers will come up 
almost and instinctively, and which I could absolutely appreciate to say, look, you've made this decision. We will will make your life more difficult because you've been a pain, and the whole thing begins to unravel, which is another whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I can I can imagine there'll be a, a few more little tripwires put up there to say, if you hadn't done this, your life would have been so much easier. So I think big business, small business, anybody who's you know their life would be made a, a lot more difficult. I think um, very quickly, and particularly in the short term. Uh, with 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 Brexit, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I would I would see it like that for, for you know for companies big and small. Robin, would you go along with what Nick said there that that, that essentially there could be um, a little bit of bad blood there, and in the short term, people just to make things that little bit more difficult may just sort of put a few extra hurdles in our way if we do vote out. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm a great believer now in you have to be in it to win it, and uh, you know if we're not in Europe, we're not going to be able to be able to influence decisions that influence us as a nation you know whether it's influencing our private lives our leisure lives our travel lives our holiday lives and 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 indeed our our work lives i think uh, you know I'm, i'm now firmly in it there's no question um when it comes to things like we hear this term european directives all sorts of european directives but but particularly um, when we were looking ahead at today's episode, working time directives, how how did being in Europe um, affect our working time directives? Um, and particularly looking at things like uh, the, the time that can be spent driving a vehicle um, and moving stuff around, um, is there any benefit at all to being out where we may be able to relook at some of those working hours directives at all that were set by Europe that we could rethink that, that are, in fact, a little bit more sensible for how we know we can operate? Um, well, I, again, I, I tend to feel that, um, I don't want to get political here, but I do think the current government and the current leadership is doing a pretty decent job of negotiating with Europe from from being part of it. Um, we don't follow all the European directives that are issued. Um, you know, we're still allowed curved bananas, for instance, despite what, what, what was spoken about in the press a while ago. Um, I know that's a flippant use of, of some of what's happened but no we, we we've seen it in other ways you know whether it's um parental time off whether it's to do with driving issues i think we should all um okay logistics you asked me about driving particularly i think we should all welcome european cross european legislate legislation because our borders are open and and the you know the ferries and the tunnels are bringing you know foreign um trucks to our shores and we should have yeah. the same control over them that that um, they have over us and very often that doesn't seem to be the case a lot of the um the the, the public campaigns it, it, it both in and out um in or out um so far have focused on on what you may term as fear tactics it is looking at some of the negative things that could happen and may happen should we either stay in or or, or, or stay out robin a, a, a the first question I posed to you is refreshing in a way that you highlighted what were clear benefits to you as an operation of, of being in Europe. Um, what other benefits do, does it have to business? I mean, from a financial point of view, when you are dealing with continental clients and working with accounts and, and invoicing and, and, and banking, are there clear benefits to that side of the business as well, not just from the logistical side of getting people in and around Europe? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people would say we should adopt the euro. I'm, I'm one of those that would prefer to stay in it and, and be in it to help, you know, to help forge this winning position for our uh, our economy as a whole and certainly the events industry. 
Um, but I would like to hang on to Sterling. I think that does give us an edge very often. I know it can it can fluctuate, and I know therefore we have issues that as business people we need to balance on invoicing or if we're going on, going on holiday or whatever it might be. But again, I just see that as a, as giving us an edge. You know, there are other factors, for instance, um, health and safety documentation and mm-hmm. the TUV and DIN regulations across Europe um, very often are not accepted in the UK. And that does make it difficult when we're working with clients who bring equipment from um, agencies that we work with in the UK. I mean, to be honest, it, it actually creates work for us, which is good because we you know we can do translations and we can translate both language but also yeah. regulation you know from um from those two din and tuv into into whatever it is that the locations we're working with are asking for so um you know i i i think that's uh, good for us as us all in the event industry that we're here advising and consulting as well as doing Nick, I'm curious to see if you've got any um, got an opinion on what I'm going to ask you here. And, and I'm looking at some information that, that suggested that smaller acts who rely on touring Europe, when we're looking specifically at the music business and, and European festivals and European um, music events, um, that, that, that smaller acts could be greatly affected because of the cost that it's going to uh, incur to them of moving even a small amount of personnel in and around countries because of visas and having to pay for visas, Schengen visa costs, etc., um, putting potentially, you know, three, four hundred pounds as a minimum, even for a small group of people just to get in and around countries. Um, have you got any experience of, of, of having dealt with the touring side of the music industry and, and just how tight those budgets are and, and potentially what the impact is on those? The, not not in, in, in that respect, but the... Um Canada, and I'm not sure if I'm right in saying North America, but certainly in Canada, there was a, um, a, a charge put on touring acts, and you coming from from outside or from from Europe. I remember there was a there was big chat about it as a, a sort of a, what was considered a fairly punitive fee, particularly for smaller for smaller acts who weren't going to get that kind of you know significant enough return to write it off. Um, but anything that's uh, I, mean, it, I mean, when you just look at it, I mean, it's a sea of unknowns, isn't it? And if you look at the yeah. two arguments. There's a the, the the in campaign, at least, and regardless of your politics, at least there's some sense of what's come before and, and accurate prediction. It's just total, you know, weird. Um, you know, for, for Brexit, all they can do is guess. It's absolute. It sounds like paranoid guesswork to me, by and large. Of this is going to happen. All you know, they, we're going to be nine. You know, umpteen million Turks coming into the. You know, yeah. it's all years, decades away. Anyway, and, and gross exaggeration. It's like the, it's like the Daily Mail waving around, and everyone standing underneath it saying, "You're right." With, with these paranoid headlines, and, I, and I, I, you know, if you're looking at a touring ban and you can reduce it to that kind of scale to make their lives more difficult, when you've already got venues in this country shutting down, the smaller ones, the nascent ones, the ones that you need to to fuel that. Uh, to sort of the music uh, business, which is which is vital, which is a huge part of of the event industry in this country, uh, and uh, you know to make it any more difficult anywhere is completely stupid, uh, actually. And and I do think that you've got the you, you've got to have at least an argument based on facts, not theory, and not on a housewife's favourite, which is the uh, the other flag they're waving is Johnson, who would have been equally in or out depending on what Cameron had done. So the whole thing is built on on really on sand on the Brexit side. And I just hope there's not this kind of you know, people wanting to do the you know the opposite to to what the government's saying because they don't like the government or whatever. Yeah, just it out is. of spite. 
Yeah, I mean, you've you've got to look at the, the you know the realities, and there is there's a ramping up, and there's a, a of the the inside saying things that they don't you know they can't quite see around the corner, but at least they've got a, a torch on and can see some of it. Whereas Brexit is absolute guesswork, and that we're we're not at a time economically or in any other way where we can afford to take a quantum guess like that. And and, and I think it, you know it would batter us for ten years. I'm not saying that down the track it may not come right, but for ten years the, the stock market would crash. Everything will be more difficult and more expensive. Um, the only redeeming feature I can actually see for anybody is um, is the theory that the house prices might get cheaper. I think that that's something that could, uh, you know, you'd almost see people saying, "God, brilliant!" You know, house prices might get cheaper. So, but I, I haven't heard anything otherwise, and that was from the in campaign saying if we go out, house prices might drop mm. on the basis that you know a lot of conservative voters are you know property owners, and I, and so that that was playing to that. But actually, there's a hell of a lot of people who want to get on the ladder, sure, and that's probably yeah. the only thing I could uh, uh, see as being one of the benefits. But then you'd have less money, higher interest rates, and you wouldn't be able to pay for it anyway. So it doesn't make any sense. It, it, we, we were quite keen to, to talk about this, not not so much because it's a, a hot topic and let's jump on the bandwagon and talk Brexit on talking events, but. Um, most of of the media coverage that we have been subjected to um, on a day to day basis is very much focused on on how it affects us, perhaps individually as 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 people on a day to day level, just just simply living in this country. Um, I, I've not heard a huge amount of discussion as as to how it would actually affect any given trade industry as such, and that's why we were keen to talk about it on on today's event to look specifically at how it does affect the event industry and whether or not people working in that industry should be taking more of uh, into account of how it will affect them from a day-to-day point of view um robin uh, uh, has there been much discussion at your end uh, you've obviously looked into it in depth just just based on your answers and, and the, the the responses that you've given so far but have you had a lot of discussion with other people working in the event industry as to whether or not this is a good or a bad thing not extensively, no. I mean, you know, chat down the pub. Uh, I was res- I was surprised at, at a reaction I had chatting to our own team here because I'm actually going to be working on an event with a number of them. Uh, we won't be able to get to the polling station, so I've done the, the postal event thing. And right. I, I did say to the team here, uh, some 30-plus people, you know, who else is away and, you know, who wants this information on the postal vote? And most of them leapt at it. I was actually quite surprised. Um, and, and I have to say, most of them uh, not being influenced at all by us. It's obviously a free vote. But um, they they all seem to be very keen to, to have the same, you know, you've got to be in it to win it um, attitude, really. But these are obviously the staff who, who as you point out, are, are, are on the road, presumably, a lot of them, and, and actually seeing firsthand the impact that it, that it could have if if they weren't able to travel as, as as freely. Yeah, and I think they've got a sense of um, they work, uh, and it will affect the country economically. And as Nick says, you know, nobody really knows. You know, this has not happened before, pretty much in the in, in, well at all in our history of of, uh, of of any nation. And I know I know there have been those that have pulled out. But not at this stage, not not as intrinsically, um, you know, within Europe as we've been. So the the full extent of what happens if we pull out is really almost anybody's guess. And I think Nick's right in 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 what he's saying. But the the potential for uh, economic impact is huge, and um, for the event industry, absolutely. You know, we rely a lot on the freedom of travel. 
we rely a lot on um, and I know to, I have actually spoken to some American uh, friends mm-hmm. and, and they get a sense over there that um, you know they enjoy coming to Britain we are quoting two tours around London by incoming US uh, um, clients and I had another inquiry this morning and I fear that that will stop if they don't if they're not allowed the freedom of access to UK and then as a springboard the rest of Europe as part of a motivational uh, incoming um, to a conference seminar or whatever and, and that's fundamentally what they want to do is it when you're working with clients from North America they want to they want to come into the UK but they now know that logistically that they've got excellent transport links either by road or rail or or air into Europe and they can use that as a springboard coming in and, and there is a possibility that that will stop yes Oh, absolutely. I think they'll certainly give, give it consideration. And I think the worrying thing with, um, uh, I can only quote these conversations with, with a few um, contacts in the US, but I think um, my fear certainly is that they will not necessarily see reality. Mm. You know, if we, if we do come out, that, almost that will be it to them. You know, UK is no longer a springboard to Europe, even if it is, and even if it remains so until any changes seriously bite mm. i just think they will they will have a an instant reaction i think you know, as, as as we all do public opinion is often swayed more instantly than than uh, it should be the simple geography is is something that i think we f- forget sometimes when it comes to dealing with our our sort of colleagues over in north america and that you know that they will travel across two or three states um, to, to, to get to somewhere and that's the equivalent of us travelling halfway across Europe and they just don't understand that there is potentially this, this scenario where you can't travel on a seven hour car journey without being stopped three or four times and have your passport checked or require a visa to move you know, a couple of hours down the road um, yeah. I think, think yeah. there's, this, there's this genuine sort of not a non-understanding but just from a geography point of view because of the size of their their territory that um, you may not be able to move as freely as possible and I think certainly from the conversations I've had with people earlier on this year when I was over in the States is uh, they don't quite understand just sort of you know why we just can't move anywhere because it's such a small area in in, in relation to what they're used to dealing with. Um, Nick, yeah. I, I, I don't know how many how many clients you know in the past or how many people you've worked with in the past from North America who who what, what's their understanding like in your sort of experience of, of of how things work over in Europe? Well, I mean, I've got some scatty examples of of being over there with with talking to young people who said is is Paris in London was one of the quotes. <laughs> but I, I digress. Um, yeah. uh, but I don't I, I, I don't have enough uh, practical experience really to, to to say anything about that. But I I do think it's an interesting kind of parallel where people keep saying the United States would never accept that, which will, you know from the Brexit side they look at it and say, well, the United States would never do that. And by its very nature, uh, that sentence doesn't make sense to me because it's a collection of states under one broad umbrella, which seems to be an absolute uh, in you know sort of statement rather than this kind of well, you wouldn't do that if. Canada said something yeah, to you, which yeah. is which is outside there anyway. So uh, I, I don't know what the parallel is uh, geographically, but to, to me that's a, that's a model of a union of states, which is exactly what it is, um, and, and that's how it how it how it can work. You've still got independent, um, you know, border control effectively. You've still got independent thinking states who can make their own decisions on on the things that they like. 
um, or, or feel important about. And so, and I, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a twisted way of looking at it, I think, and it's a bad example for Brexit once again in terms mm. of, exam, you know, of, of what works and what doesn't work and, and what we should aspire to. I mean, Robin, uh, sorry, just just, oh, sorry, I'll just yeah, jump yeah. in quickly. Another Where'd example you that uh, you know came up this morning. Um, one of our team, one of our directors, Paul's just come back from a, an incentive group trip to Peru. I've been out there for just over a week, mm-hmm. um, and you know we were sort of chatting just as an idea. Uh, you know what happens, for instance, if we are not able to so easily travel to say Amsterdam. Amsterdam is a, is a great um, hub for. Uh, worldwide travel as is Heathrow mm, yeah. and if we've, if we've got some guests that can't make a particular Heathrow flight or whatever and you're looking at Amsterdam as, as a real option of course yeah we get, we get we get them across there quite quickly or, or whatever it might be you know is that is that gonna not be so readily available to us you know is, is it going to have that much of an effect well of course yes because we, we have to look at it from a, a, i think a lot when we talk about logistics and traveling around europe um I, th- I think instantly we think about just sort of driving because it is so easy to, to to move around europe on the on the road in the grand scheme of things but we shouldn't forget that there are these hubs like skipol airport in in, in amsterdam and, and of course frankfurt which is another huge hub isn't it for for, for global air travel um that, that that could be affected um i'm curious to know robin Going going back to start the conversation, and um, again without dwelling on it as we've done before about your 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 uh, extensive history within the industry so far. Um, but looking back to how it was travelling around Europe when you first started dealing with continental Europe and 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 working over there, how different was it to the way that you're able to operate today? Have things slowly progressed or was there a point that you can remember where suddenly it just all became that little bit easier to deal with? No, I think it's been a progression um, for sure. And um, I went bored with some of my tales of of (laughs) history and uh, even some horrifying tales. But I can remember being stuck in... um, uh, somewhere between Leipzig and wherever it was on in in Western Germany as it was then. Um, again, border controls um, had a whole load of stuff that we were working on with um, an electronics and um, technical inspection equipment company, um, and a whole great long list of technical kit that the um, the border control guys wanted to go through. And um, we got stuck, you know, for, for uh, I think, two, two, two nights, two days in what was basically no man's land between the mm. East and the West. That was pretty horrifying, I have to say. And, um, you know, of course, none of that exists uh, at all now unless you go much further afield. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, a, a lot, lot easier to, to, to simply move it across, isn't it? Um, not that there aren't any of these checks. The, the, the other thing that I, I wanted to, to mention to you both is that my opinion um, is that we're often in the UK event industry um, leaders and pioneers in, in the way that, that the wider event industry around the world is is, is driven and, and run, um, often with the instigators of, of new processes, of new hardware, of new ways of, of thinking, new ways of doing things. Um, would you would you agree with the, the opinion that I hold that we, we do prompt a lot of improvement in the wider industry and, and that perhaps could be affected should we leave is that people may not acknowledge our own industry as freely and as as openly as they do now uh nick um i that's 
I, I, you know, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a core of things that you're, you're very, very good at, and that's only in fairness that that um, you know just disappears, or people's um, uh, knowledge or assumption just disappears because of a, a, a legislative change. Um, I, you know, I think you, you know what you're good at remains what you're good at, and I, you know, I, I, I think what you, know, you can change anything, but you're still you're still going to be respected and uh, uh, doing that. Whether you are still cost efficient in doing that is another argument altogether. Sure. And I think that's probably the, you know the key difference in that. I think you'll you know if you you just have to look at the successes in in events we've had in this country and and the the kind of level we've taken them to and the respect they've got around the world. It's not going you're not going to suddenly think. You know they're not good at that because they're out of Europe or out of the um, out of the EU. But uh, it, it will become harder to compete. And uh, there's examples of, of, of European companies coming into and, and taking on gigs in this country. You know events of any shape or form, and then a change of fluctuation in the euro can suddenly mean they're not competitive. And I know that for a fact for things I used to write about. And uh, so uh, if you change that and you're suddenly, and, and the pound, which is going to, you know, sink off, you know, like a stone anyway, if, 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 if Brexit happens, it's all of the financial impact that you get. Naturally, I think whatever, yeah, you know, however good or, or bad a decision may be that you do get that huge economic impact straight away. Well, the markets and everyone just think, scratch their heads and work out where the money lies. And you do make, uh, you know, small or, or, or big event businesses live a lot more difficult. So I think anyone in this industry who's really looked at it wouldn't uh, wouldn't be holding their hands up to to suffer sort of really big financial hardship over the, the short and potentially medium term. Sure, um, Robin, I, yeah. I, I just want to play devil's advocate for a second here. Um, you do a lot of work in in, in Europe. It's fair to say, um, and presumably the reason that you do a lot of work in Europe is because the clients that you're working for value the work that you do. They want to work with you. So surely, even if we vote out, people are going to do their utmost to ensure that they can continue working with the companies that they've always worked with. Surely, we're all worried, or, 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 or are we all worried in a sense that suddenly the borders are going to go up and these walls are going to be built? But in actual fact, there is an argument to suggest that even if we vote out, there will be quite a lot of, uh, of work done to ensure that UK businesses can continue delivering the services that European clients value. Yeah, that may be the case. Um, but I'm, I'm also a great believer in, in, in young people, and I think uh, we have some amazing talent in the UK. Um, I think that's been more than borne out by our development in the event industry. You know, as you as you both say, you know, we 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 lead in many respects in this particular industry, and that has to come from a mixture of experience and and obviously youth uh, and a very dynamic approach to to what we all do. And I just fear that, not short term by any means, I don't think we'll see barriers thrown up in in, in any sense, uh, you know, emo- emotionally, legally, or otherwise. Um, quite quickly, but I think in the long term, you know, I do worry what my, um, my say my granddaughter, if she comes into our industry, what, what it would be like for her in years to come. And I do think that, um, you know, we have to have as open a, a view of, of competition. And um, uh, as Nick said, you know, cost is very much part of yeah. this. And I think yeah. we, will, we will see increasing costs and increasingly difficult ways of, of, of having to compete regardless you know 
it's um it, 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 it's, it's a subject that will roll on until the 23rd of of june i've no doubt at all um we've, we've put a call out on the talking events um twitter account this morning asking for anybody who um is firmly in the out camp and and why they think that potentially could could benefit the industry could could benefit the uk but certainly keeping it on on topic um we want to hear from anybody out there who thinks that as an industry we could potentially benefit from being out it, it would be interesting we've we've heard two um not necessarily arguments today, but certainly two opinions and two trains of thought that suggest as an industry, we're far better off staying in. So get in touch with us at Talking Events. If you've got an opinion on it, we'll get you on the show um, and uh, and hear what you've got to say. Um, for the time being, we're going to wrap up this particular episode. Um, Nick Howden, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for stepping in and, uh, and giving us your opinions. No, not a problem at all. Good to speak to you, Robin, as well. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Um, must catch up sometime. Rob- yeah, definitely, definitely. Robin Carlisle, Mobile Promotions. Um, thanks again for joining us. We do appreciate it. Pleasure, pleasure. Anytime. Thank you, you can uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Talking Events. Watch episodes of the podcast via EventIndustryNews.co.uk and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. But for now, my name is James Dixon. You've been listening to Talking Events. <laughs>